0: xray441 here with the winner of our silver giveaway from dod Ascendants. it's icross console his uh favorite class is a warlock but the shadow shot is turning him more into a hunter every day good man and uh his favorite bit of lore is vex lore he really likes the time dimensional travel piece so congratulations enjoy your silver don't go spend it all in one place well I guess you have to spend it all in one place. But when you go uh, visit Tess, tell her we said hi, and uh, hope everyone else enjoys the show. Thanks. Welcome to episode three of Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. Uh, I am X Ray441, and uh, I am joined tonight by Gabble Ratchet. Hey, guys. Beta Chieftain. Hey. Dropslash. Hello. And our new sixth member, Handsome Dragon. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good, guys. So, um, we, uh, we've had a, again, another pretty interesting week. Um, you know, last, (laughs) I I listened back to episode two and, you know, we were super excited about our like 70 listens and followers on Twitter and, (laughs) uh, and this, yeah, I know. And this, this past week, it's kind of blown up on us. We didn't realize there would be this much of an interest in what we were doing. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's really thrown us for a loop. Um, we actually just uh just surpassed thirteen hundred listens to our episode one and our first ghost whisper uh today um which is is just mind boggling i mean it, 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 yeah it, my, bottling yeah it's, <laughs> it's 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 just it's just crazy i mean i don't i don't even know i don't even know what to say, and we've had a lot of great feedback on Twitter um and and we've had some good reviews on iTunes so i mean to all the listeners thanks so much and keep the keep the feedback coming that's you know that's going to make us uh uh want to do more for you and and give you what you want and and really make this a a a more kind of community driven podcast uh, about the lore and 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 more informative for everyone who's listening so so thank you so much um and so with episode 3 i think uh I think what are we going to ta- what are we going to tackle tonight? We're going to talk about I think the dark below and uh Morn, is that right? Yeah, kind of all well, of the whole the whole history of Guardians and the Hive.
1: Yeah, I think one of the pieces of feedback we got is that we really should dive a little bit deeper into some of the subjects we're going to discuss. So, and in this episode we're we're going to go deep here.
0: Oh, you know what? You know what? Before we go too far, um, you know, we we ask for for questions. I almost forgot about this. Um, and, uh, and we've actually um, had a, uh, we've, we got another question that we thought was kind of interesting, I think, and it was from, uh, from Star Destroyer. Um, he said, question for you guys, if the Awoken are not for or against the Vanguard pre-House of Wolves, why are there Awoken Guardians? Also, is Zavala seen as a traitor to the Awoken? Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, what do, you, what do you guys think?
1: Wow, jumping right in with a, a tough question.
0: Uh, I don't know. There's bits and pieces in the lore that allude to this,
1: uh, but one of the biggest sort of roadblocks we hit, uh, and I'm not even sure if I should bring this up, but I'm going to anyway, is that uh, prior to the release of Destiny, some of the story got a little bit chopped up, and there is sort of evidence there that each race had its own storyline, and we sort of play a mishmash version of the Exos, but it seems that the Awoken had a much different story Uh, But if you dig into the lore and some of the Grimoire cards, you know, it says that the Queen has offered any Awoken, I think, one chance to return to the Reef. They don't have to accept it, uh, but she is sort of a merciful Queen in that regard. If they choose not to return to the Reef, I think they're pretty much banned. I don't know, because we're invited back to the Reef later. Uh, The interactions between some of the races at this point are are sketchy, just because we don't know the original story was and how they were all interacting and why awoken guardians are on earth or why there's awoken at all on earth where did they get awoken from <laughs> so and we, we actually this is funny because we had a conversation about this earlier today i think about this revelation about guardians not necessarily having to be dead uh we can thank tess for that
0: <laughs> oh yeah yeah the the tess uh piece of information we got today with all the new the new emotes and her returning to the uh, the tower kind of sparked quite a few conversations amongst the, the group <laughs> so so that was that was fun we will have to we'll have to talk about that more in the future um, and uh, save it for another episode um so so i think uh i just i mean thanks star destroyer for the question and uh and if anyone else has anything they want us to talk about or answer uh during the show just uh just let us know and we'd love to do it. You can reach out to us on Twitter or uh or on uh at our email address. It's destinyghoststories at gmail dot com and our Twitter is at ghost Stories. Uh so please send us some questions, some feedback. We we love it and appreciate it. Um so alright, so let's uh I guess we'll get started then with our, our uh Dark Below and Eris Morn episode. So um where do we want to start? Uh Drop.
1: All right, so Playing through the story, the vanilla story, the Hive uh, is one of the first real enemies we encounter, and we don't know much about them other than that we are surprised to find them on Earth, which sort of gives birth to the, uh, the meme that spawned a thousand Dinklebot t-shirts. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so we counter these really powerful creatures. Uh, they're like weird sea—I don't know, they look like crabs to me. but. Uh, They're kind of bizarre. We fight them. They seem to be a big deal. The speaker's really concerned about them. And one of these first major legs is exploring uh, the moon, where they came from, and uh, investigating sort of their origins and what they're doing up there. Uh, And we move away from that pretty quickly in the story, uh, but then digging into the lore, reading some of the grimoire cards, and looking back, the Hive have a really long history. Uh, the Guardians have encountered them many times in the past uh, you know there's a line as you fly to the moon during i think what is it the dark beyond the mission we've all done eighty five thousand times look <laughs> in the hive. yeah is that we 've given up the moon, uh, hoping that they wouldn't come for Earth there's actually a really deep story there, so we should we could talk a little bit about. Sort of the guardian's history with the hive, and then we'll bring that all the way up to this this crazy person, Eris Morn, who's now finally has a home in the tower.
0: <laughs> so, so before we go there, um, you mentioned something that was funny, uh, that that might again might not resonate to newer players. Um, you said it it spawned the the Dinklebot uh, memes. Um, so what did you mean by that? What what uh where, or beta? What uh, what was he talking about?
2: Well. Uh... I'm not even positive. I think specifically, he's referring to the, the line there's that, that, wizard that wizard came, came from, from the moon. moon. That
0: wizard yeah. came. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's okay. where I was going. But so, so there's so whenever we see uh, whenever we see the hive on on Earth, I guess for one of the first times, right? Is is whenever our our then uh, Peter Dinklage ghost says that wizard came from the moon, and it was just such a, a one of those lines that, that you just remember and you're like so did that really have any yeah it's just it's just ridiculous it's just like the the like we said in the before the the no time to explain why I don't have time to explain or whatever yeah. so anyway i just i just wanted to jump back because again if if we've got some new new uh, players that that never experienced dinklebot or that line because i think that line didn't that line get cut or, or... yes yeah,
3: so it got replaced
2: or this was cuz i,
0: I yeah. cuz i don't remember it in the actual game yeah
3: it was it was in the beta but it was not in the not in the actual game when it came out well,
1: but then they, right, they right. brought it back in House of Wolves. Every once in a great while, you would hear ghosts say that. Oh, nice. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, because so that's, that's that's, I encountered it when I was doing that mission. I don't know what I was doing there. Uh, and I heard him say it. I'm like, no, no, it's back.
0: <laughs> 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 like rewind, oh, Xbox record that. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> I think it's very similar
1: to the, uh, the Eris Morn line about ghosts and opening doors when you're doing the
0: Omnigool strike. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, so I, I here that's that's my job here. Apparently, is to derail things because I, I seem to do that well. So, all right, back to back to the 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 history, I guess, on on uh, the moon of the guardians and, and the hive.
2: Yeah. So we so we mentioned, you know, we we gave up the moon, hoping they wouldn't come for Earth, and that's a reference to a time before we were brought back by our ghosts, and it was the, the guardian, the hive had been on the moon. We don't know. From the Grimoire, how long they'd been there, but we were concerned about it. And as a city of new guardians, we felt that we could handle it. And so we sent thousands, is the quote many times. So thousands of guardians went to the moon in this effort to push back the hive. And it basically happened in an area called the Ocean of Storms, um, which is basically where all the moon missions in the game. Take place as this area,
1: uh, and it's worth it's worth mentioning that this happened. So the Guardians had won the Battle of Six Fronts. The Guardians had won the Battle of the Twilight Gap. So they're all the city's feeling pretty good right now. Like the the Guardians are strong. We're pushing back the darkness. We're winning these huge battles. It seems like a good time to go try and take back the moon.
0: So the the Battle of Six Fronts uh, for for the listeners is what we talked about on the. The, uh, the, our, our second Ghost Whispers last week. Um, so again, I just wanna, you know, kinda reference some of that stuff back. So if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go back and listen to that as well. So, uh, so when we get, so when we get to the moon, what exactly did we, did we encounter? What did we find out when we got there?
1: Uh, we found the hive there. Also, at this point, sorry, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna interject I- real quick that not everything that happens on the moon happens in the ocean of storms. Uh, Mare Cognitum is uh, the is where the Crucible Maps anomaly and First Light are. There are different uh, parts, yeah. different part of the moon that we can never explore because they will not open the Crucible Maps up to patrol. So,
2: and and we besides the Hive, we specifically also find Crota. Um, and so, for those who don't know yet, Crota is kind of this Hive demigod ascendant being who to the guardians is essentially all powerful and he, it's the first time even if we, we knew the hive were on the moon um i don't think the guardians had a sense that crota was on the moon and so this is the first time we've ever really or we ever did come up against an ascendant hive being and and it didn't go well
1: no and i i capitalized this in the notes we failed spectacularly. <laughs> uh, it is mentioned so many times in the lore and in the Grimoire that Crota just annihilated Guardians with single swings of his sword.
3: It was definitely hard mode. Yeah,
0: I've I've felt that sword before. It was. It is. It is. It is very sharp and very dangerous. Um. So. Uh, so is there. So um so all these guardians are just going and facing crota and and failing and falling and and so so uh don't we then come to uh to well so is that is that right though because uh, do they do do these guardians these groups or these thousands of guardians come after the the quote unquote first crota fire team with with uh what does Ariana 3 and and that fire team or is that do they come later so this is all this all is happening much
1: before and it turns out Ariana III uh, was at this Battle of Mare Imbrium, uh, the first fight against Crota, along oh, with these okay. other thousands of guardians. And that leads, that little piece of information, and one other name we're going to mention in a minute, uh, sort of kicks off this entire Dark Below thing that we know currently in the game. It all starts right here. So uh, yeah. let's, uh, who, who was that other person? <sighs>
0: Oh, I don't. I don't know. You guys got to tell me. I'm. I'm the. Like I said, I'm the. I'm the. I'm the weak link amongst you lore minds. So. Um, so who was it?
1: Beta, take this one. I know you.
2: All want right. It.
0: So. So wait. So there was one other, and there were
2: other guardians there, but one in particular was named Wei Ning, and so she was a titan, known for her directness, and her love of battle. Um. <laughs> She and is the... Sounds like a titan. She is yeah. the titan. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's, she's the, what all okay. titans aspire to be. Yeah. <laughs> and she... So we, we learn about her kind of through Ariana 3. So during the battle, Ariana and possibly Eris was with her. Ariana was of somebody else. Um, it doesn't specify exactly in the grimoire. But Ariana captures a hive wizard... And begins to torture it for information and at one point during this process the wizard actually shows her kind of a shows ariana a vision of the battle and it's a vision of wei ning falling under the blade of crota um and this weighs very heavily on ariana and we it doesn't say outright but from what we can tell from the grimoire they were very close um Either a great mutual respect, or but they seem to have had a very close relationship. Wei Ning, when she's asked um, her number one, you know, who her number one fire team companion would be, she mentions uh, basically a praxic warlock, a sun singer, which is what Ariana was. Um, and then at another time later, as we get into this fire team and their their failed raid as ariana's is is lamenting she's remembering back to waning and kind of asking forgiveness for this failed raid and wishing she could kind of just be there with her friend one more time so so the fact that she witnessed firsthand through the wizard um waning's death it really kind of kicked off this desire for vengeance from ariana and this this need to to kill crota
1: so, and we'll probably get into Wei Ning a little bit more when we talk about the individual classes and sort of these great uh members of each class from the past. But man, Wei Ning I it's funny, when I think back, this always <laughs> sticks out to me. You know, we've seen I think I'm sure we've all seen videos on YouTube of people like soloing Crota with no effort at all. Yeah. And so and I think then I think about this where he's like killing thousands of guardians. Uh man he must have been at, like, his absolute pinnacle. Like, Crota must have just been this monster rampaging on the moon to have been this powerful. And this is where I'm going to diverge a little bit because these little inconsistencies bother me. Uh, (laughs) In the very beginning of the story, you meet the speaker, and the speaker says, there was a time when we were much more powerful. Okay, if the Guardians were way more powerful than we are now, and we can solo Crota, how did thousands of them die to Crota on the moon? <laughs> uh, how did Wei Ning get killed by Crota? She, she would have just punched the sword back into his forehead or something. She. <laughs>
4: well, I think it's, uh, it's kind of interesting in the uh, the grimoire when it talks about her death, where uh, Ariana's being shown it. Crota doesn't kill Wei Ning with his sword. It says that Crota killed a guardian with a screaming knife hammered out of his own ghost so crota's there smashing ghosts forming these knives out of guardians ghosts and killing them with that like that's how oh, severe this crota is at this time <laughs> yeah who, who is this guy did we ever fight him
1: <laughs> no i don't <laughs> yeah where'd he go yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so so waning so waning falls um and ariana three as this just, she's overcome with kind of this grief and this, this need for vengeance. Um, and then, uh, and then who shows up in the tower? Um, is that, is that when we're, oh, no, wait, wait, we're, we're still, not, we're not there yet. yet. No, uh, we're, yeah, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not, we're, not, we're, uh... we're very not there yet.
1: <laughs> so, so the guardians retreat, they have no choice. Uh, basically from what we're told, you know, at the pinnacle of all this, Crota, like, splits the moon in half with his sword, Not fully in half, but carves a giant chunk off. Basically, like, get off my rock. This is mine. So the Guardians <laughs> just figure, you know what? Fine. Keep it. We're going home. Uh, <laughs> we've lost enough of ourselves already. And and this is this is a first really major defeat for the Tower, for what's left. Of, like, this is the City Age. Human, like, mankind is just starting to get back on its feet. The Guardians are here, and this is a, a huge loss. Uh, Lost a lot of amazing guardians, you know, a huge number of troops. You know, it'd be like the equivalent of every PlayStation player quitting all at the same time. We don't <laughs> them. So it's rough. It's rough. So we gotta we gotta turn tail, run. We head back to the tower, and then Ariana Three was one of those people who made it out alive. And then she starts to form a secondary strategy here.
4: Now, yeah, do we know why? You know. After we leave, you know, we, we learn that Oryx then calls Kroda back to kind of kind of regroup for this final victory. But it seems like, you know, they almost they pretty much already had it, you know. It didn't it doesn't seem like at that time with such a great victory already on the moon, it couldn't have taken too much just to come to the earth and wipe us out. <laughs> you know, doing yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's that's another one of these like sort of like little inconsistencies. If Croto was that powerful, he could have just gone down to Earth and knocked the tower over with his bare hands if he really wanted to. They mm-hmm. they had victory, and then Oryx chose to to call to call Crota back.
4: Though the, right? the the Iron Lords were at the tower still. Maybe that's maybe they were at oh, the right. city to protecting it. Maybe that's <laughs> Ephraides sniped <laughs> Croto from the tower. Right, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and maybe you know we know that you orcs kind of had a fear of or the darkness had a fear of rasputin and kind of their his capabilities maybe they you know were just worried about maybe rasputin still around on earth you know we don't know this but Mm -hmm. it would seem you know just trying to think of
1: reasons that might be a reason too. just kind
2: of worried about stuff like that
1: well that's that's an interesting piece too because at this point we know that the facility that contains the anomaly still exists and we know that that facility is, we believe it to be, if you look at any of the symbols on there, a joint war mine facility. So, Oryx could have looked at the moon and said, Hey, you killed all these guardians, but hold on. There's this war mine thing. It has a presence there. Let's not be too hasty.
2: Right. And because, yeah, the Hive didn't wipe out that facility, they yeah. clearly felt apprehension about
1: it. So, yeah. So, so again, it, it bugs me, you know. Crota super powerful, Wei Ning was on the moon, Shax was on the moon, you got some of these great guardians who are up there and they're they're just sort of getting it handed to them. So Yeah. And so um
2: so Ariana three after this, she with Eris Morn together, so it seems that Eris Morn was probably on the moon as well. Um, but them together, they they start researching ways to kill Crota. Um they're digging through all the Vanguard records, all Ariana being a warlock, I'm sure she had a lot of information from Ikora and things. And so they're digging through, trying to find information on how to kill Krota and how to defeat him. And they were really just having a tough time. They didn't get much luck. And so they sought after a kind of a forbidden resource. But they decided to bring in Toland, um, the Shattered, the warlock, into the discussion. Because he was such a big Hive Lore freak. That, boy. that that was kind of their only hope was to go to this forbidden knowledge source to try and find a way to defeat Crota.
1: It's also worth mentioning, I think at this point, that the Vanguard banned travel to the moon after this. They basically said to the Guardians, don't go there. Uh, whether they knew that sacrificing their light was making Crota stronger, probably not. But after this disaster, they said, moon's off limits, D- leave it alone. So what Ariana was up to was probably still just right on the edge here of of not being totally sanctioned by the Vanguard.
4: Yeah, and we kind of get the idea that at this point she's almost blinded by her desire for revenge and, you know, to kind of defeat Crota and his minions and she doesn't really care too much what the Vanguard thinks at this point, you know, so much so that she's going to Toland, who's almost like the heiress of what we know, you know, in then I mean, we get this, these comments in the game now, where like the vanguards kind of looking at Eris like she's this wacko, and that's, you know, that's a lot how a lot of people, have, at least in what I've read, they kind of looked at Toland in that way, like you know this crazy guy, he's getting into this hive nonsense. We don't need any of that, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, I'll I'll fully admit I'm a huge Toland fan. Oh, me too. (laughs) He's awesome. We know that he was friends with Osiris, and at this point Osiris has been sort of exiled from the tower. Uh, We know that Toland was a ridiculously powerful warlock, and that possibly... So this is an interesting piece. As we look through all these past Guardians, they very much seem affiliated with a single subclass of their main class. We know that, like, Saint-14 was a Defender type. We know that Shaxx is a Striker Titan. There's references to that, about how powerful of a Striker he is. Uh, And it seems a little bit like we as Guardians were so good at wielding the Light, we meaning our characters, that we're able to switch between jobs or subclasses. But in the lore... Toland seems to have mastered both Sunsinger and Voidwalker, which must have been incredibly rare at the time. Yeah. So he's he's no joke. He's not he's not just uh, like a vault of knowledge who just sits around and studies the hive. This guy is a crazy powerful warlock.
0: So we're so Ariana three and Eris Mourner are, are what, trying to trying to, to figure out a way to go there for, for revenge, basically. Is that what's going on now? Yeah. And they're 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 talking to Toland. Right. So, um, so do they, do they, are they going to form a full, I guess, are they going to form a full fire team? Uh, so <laughs> is that, is that how that, is that how that kind of went down? Well, and, their
1: first fire team of thousands didn't work. So I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now we need three more. So why not, yeah, why not try, try three more? <laughs> <laughs> so and yes, yeah, so they, uh, yeah, go they, they, they round up, they round up three more.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and who was that? So that was, so yeah, the, orig- the fire team consisted of Ariana 3, Eris Morn, and I guess so Ariana 3, Warlock, Eris Morn, Hunter, Toland, Warlock, and then Sai Moda, which was a Hunter, um, Vel Tarlow, who is a Titan, and then we have, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Omar Aga, Agha, Omar. But uh <laughs> works for me, but he was also a hunter, so kind of kind of similar to the uh how we tend to run the crowder raid. There were a lot of hunters, you know most mostly blade dancers in there yeah. <laughs> with with some sun singers, just in case you needed it, and then probably one defender Titan
4: <laughs> you gotta gotta watch for those boomers, you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> so.
1: Uh, and, so yeah, we know that I think we know that Psy Was a blade dancer. There's references to her her knives being eager for another dance. I think it's pretty telling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and we
2: we know that Vel, we don't know exactly what class he was, but they they considered him the stalwart heart of the team. So he was kind of, you know, this classic honorable titan who, um, you know, just loved battle, but was always someone you could count on. And and we know that he served in the Pilgrim Guard when he was first, um, you know, when he was an early guardian, he helped the Pilgrim Guard. So he was someone who had helped escort the refugees to the city, who had defended very often against, you know, the outside forces um, and had kind of yeah, the sense of honor and protection.
1: Yeah, that, pil- that Pilgrim Guard rose to uh, sort of prominence when they were defending the first, like, refugees who came into the city. That's where the Pilgrim part comes from. So the, the hunters would go out and find refugees and escort them back. And the Titans would defend them as they reached the city.
0: Yeah. So we've got, so, so we've got our, uh, our fire team, I guess, formed now. Right. And, uh, and they're, they're making their way to, they're going to go to the moon now. Um, and, and again, kind of unsanctioned by the vanguard. So they're going to the, this forbidden place. Um, and, uh, and I, I'm looking through some notes. Um, <clears throat> But uh, it says, uh, so when they, when they begin their journey, uh, Toland uh, tried to tell the Vanguard about the, the dangers of the moon. Because uh, at this point, has Toland, has he already been studying the, the, the hive pretty, pretty in-depth? Is that uh, the, the idea? Well,
1: Toland had originally warned the Vanguard, like, hey, you may want to give a second thought to going to the moon. There's, there's stuff there that's way stronger than we think that we know, and they chose to ignore him. Yeah,
2: it seems that if anyone knew that Crota was on the moon,
0: Tolan did. Mm-hmm. Just through all of his all of his research, yeah, so, got
1: it. And then as they, you know, this is and this right now. So now we have this fire team of six. Uh, they're hell bent on vengeance. They're going to take out Crota. Uh, the story gets a little weird here. Uh, a lot of the lore that we have here either comes from the grimoire. But the grimoire doesn't necessarily line up with what Eris tells us uh, during the mission The Awakening, which we sort of retrace her steps. So we may diverge in opinions here on on what exactly (laughs) happened on the moon. Yeah. (laughs) But we
0: do know— Well, and with—I was going to say, with what what she goes through, which we'll talk about on the moon, and for how long she goes through it, you know, she's— She's like a, the the perfect counterpart for Banshee Forty Four at this point. I think I think the the heiress we know is a, is a, a few uh, a, a few light levels short of a, of a full load. So, all right, go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to.
2: No, and yeah. talking about how Toland you know had learned some things through research, he reveals to the team like once they've arrived on the moon and they're kind of heading towards um, the temple of Crota, which is where they've decided to enter. The hellmouth. Um, he 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 tells the team that he learned all his information from the darkness itself, which you know you'd think there's a lot of points where you'd think the team would kind of have these red flags that <laughs> that they maybe like you know first that thousands thousands couldn't accomplish it first red flag. Um, second, you know Toland says, "Oh, well, how'd you learn all this from the speaker?" Like, "Oh no, from the darkness." You know, sec- <laughs> second red flag. You probably should have waited just one second and thought this through and and to bring this up because this will come into play later you know not only does he, toland is kind of almost like the tour guide on this you know he's the sherpa on this fire yeah. team <laughs> and so you know he's learned all this from the darkness he's telling them where to go and he also keeps rambling on about this song that he wants to learn which we would know as a ear deaf death song <laughs> And he, and he keeps telling the team, you know, he's like, I would just love, you know, I want to learn this song It'd be so interesting to know. Um, And that's going to come up a little bit later. But for me, that's a third red flag (laughs) that (laughs) That Tolan should not have been the Sherpa on this. Uh,
1: And yeah, and he, again, he has a, he's got a crazy in-depth knowledge, you know, they, they're talking about all these different aspects and we, we end up facing down a lot of these, these beasts. But like the might of Crota, the fist of Crota, all these different, you know, the sort of Crota's hierarchy of, of generals and powerful hive. Tolan knows all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's, in a way, again, he's sort of like directing the show. Like he's the Sherpa and he's like, oh yeah, it's Sardon, the fist of Crota. Let, let's, go, let's go see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at, in one hand, I think, I also think, believe that toland was sort of there because he wanted to see these hive in action he wanted these guardians to be like oh yeah let's go let's go track down the might of crota and he was just going to sit back with his binoculars and eat popcorn and see what happens
0: (laughs) as disturbing as that is (laughs) (laughs) yeah just kind of kind of leading leading the blind not to
2: diverge too much but you know which to a degree is what the exo stranger does to us She's true. just she's yeah. just sitting back watching.
1: That's true. But anyway, so you go- mentioned you mentioned something here. You mentioned that they chose to enter the Hellmouth through the Temple of Crota. That doesn't line up to me because you can't get to the Hellmouth from the Temple of Crota.
2: And and that's where I you know where I disagree that we 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 know we can get through the Temple of Crota and well and for me it's kind of like you know the Hellmouth on the raid we jump from the very top but once you've entered through the Temple you know. We can still kind of look over the edge of the hellmouth from down below, so I'm kind of, in, you know, leaning towards. Well, maybe they just jumped off from somewhere further down.
1: <laughs> well, so so, let's back up. Let's take a look at some of the things we know, uh, and some of the things that Eris says. Because I am determined to sort of paint Eris as an <laughs> un- unreliable narrator. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So in the awakening, first disagreement going on. No, I'm sorry. So in the awakening, she specifically says that they hid in the old moon base uh, in the anchor of light. So we know that. That's that big rotunda base. Uh, And then they chose to enter. And as they entered the temple of Crota, the ground cracked apart. The hive were waiting in an ambush, and not everybody made it inside.
2: Yes. And and so we know know for a fact. So we know for a fact that Vel. Um, he died. He was the first to die. And we know that he died from... From Varok's from thralls. Var- yeah, Varok, From her thralls. And so, you know, okay, so it's lining up a bit. We know he died from the thralls. You know, if there, if there is a canyon leading up to the Temple of Crota, you know, I can see um, a bunch of thrall you know,
1: popping yep. out, and so well, they. I so mean, they we're, do, we're good so far. They do come running out of that door pretty quickly when we wake them up. Yes. Uh, let's all mention here, uh, the name Varok might be familiar to people, and that is due to the sunless cell strike, because Varok, as we discover, was the, I hate using this word, the lover of <laughs> Alakul the Darkblade. <laughs> so now we have a reference here that both Alakul and Varok were present during this, This failed raid we've never encountered barak in game though
2: which in it it kind of um it draws this connection kind of back to oryx too because i mean the dark blade he rose against oryx we know that um but you know he also seemed to at least be kind of under his command at some point so oryx had forces on the moon
1: during this time it seems yeah well what may have happened here and this is complete and utter maybe is that maybe Ala Kool saw this strike team breaking through Crota's defenses and thought hey there's a weakness here and if there's a weakness here there could be a weakness with Oryx maybe I should make that challenge
2: yeah yeah that's a that's so, a nice maybe <laughs> <laughs> well all right so so let's continue
1: okay so we lose Vel we lose Vel right the entrance to the temple of Crota uh, he gets rushed down by thralls, which seems silly. He should have been wearing St. 14's helm. Mistake on his part.
4: Yeah,
0: it's a new mistake uh, there.
1: <laughs> so.
0: He was new. So,
1: Eris says it's worse for the ones who made it inside. That, that's reasonable. Yeah. Now, in Awakening, as we're traveling towards the, uh, the Chamber of Night, which is one of the, as we know, is the darkest of all the Hive Chambers. Thank you, Dinklebot. Uh, As we get down there, we hear uh, wizards chanting. We don't know if this is the death song or not. And this is during the Awakening mission. Hera says, I know that sound. They're attempting to wake Crota's soul. This leads me to believe that her fire team was headed towards the Chamber of Night. And those were the sounds that they heard down there. So, and we know that this giant crystal with Crota's soul in the Awakening isn't the, the... bottom of the chamber of night so was that where they were headed and not necessarily the stills at the bottom of the hellmouth
2: it's possible i it's also possible that the once they captured crota's soul in the crystal they moved it to keep it safer in the (laughs) deep down but i I think and i think the more important question here though is you know is this question did the fire team actually encounter crota because from the awakening it it sounds like they did actually encounter crota at one point um but then either he was prevented from waking or they were about to destroy him and he was captured into the crystal cuz we have to ask how did he get to be in this crystal in the first place um but i think that's kind of the interesting question here too is, so did they actually encounter crota on this raid
1: uh, i i'm personally i lean towards no <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's kind of what I got out of it.
1: So, and it's also interesting, so, and this comes up again as Eris' Dialogue, where she says, you know, six of us went down into that pit. Well, not really, only five did if we lost Tarlow at the entrance. Uh, and I, what's interesting to me is that phrase, th- that pit, because we hear this line again uh, in a recent mission, which is Lost to Light, as everybody, which mm-hmm. is the going back down to the chamber of night finding a little tiny shard of that crystal as we're escaping from the chamber of night uh as we're escaping eris says guardian you have to get out of that pit so the pit the word the pit may not necessarily uh refer to the hellmouth which is i think what we all probably call it uh, right but it may refer to actual that entire system of tunnels down there
2: mm-hmm. that's reasonable well, that makes sense
3: so on the topic of whether or not they actually encountered Crota, if they didn't, who are we crediting the text of the Ascendant Sword Grimoire to? I mean, that's somebody speaking to Eris explaining sword logic.
1: Well, we know that Toland was Toland, brilliant about all this stuff.
2: Yeah. So yeah, my money's on Toland.
0: So so
1: I'm gonna um, so uh, yeah let's get let's get back. So now we have five, five of the six. They're crawling around the tunnels. There's all kinds of. All these crazy hive, like super battle demigods are down there. And we, we encounter probably the most infamous of them all. <laughs> who would, Who is? Omnigol. Yeah.
2: So Omnigol, Crota's will. So, uh, <laughs> they, they, Tolan kind of instructs them and they learn that, you know, Omnigol being the will of Crota, it's her, you know, it's she that controls the spawn that, um, you know, if if it weren't for her, Crota wouldn't be nearly as powerful because he wouldn't have Spawn, he wouldn't have Tribute, um, and all these things. And so they kind of make this decision that they're going to follow Omnigul, and hope that she either leads to Crota or just hope that they can end Omnigul herself, and that will you know be a major blow towards Crota.
1: Yeah, we know that we know that from the Omnigul strike that you know Eris mentions. OmniGul's only purpose is to serve Crota to make him more powerful.
0: Right. So. So did they? So did they find OmniGul when they went down, or or? Oh, they. How did they, they, they found her? And <laughs> well, and
2: some of them do. At some point, the team gets split. Right. And it, right, it, it's, it's kind of hard going. to tell if that happened at the doors when Vel died, or if that was somewhere further. You know, we don't really know. We just. We have some cards that describe them as together, and then they've been split up. Um, mm-hmm. So so
0: who who ended up? who ended up together? If they split? because've got so we've got uh, Eris, Ariana, Toland, Omar and. Uh, Psy. Psy. So, so those five are left, so if they got split up, who uh, who went with who? does not it say somewhere in there how they, how they were split?
1: Uh, it does. We know that Ariana and Sai were together, and that Sai's okay. ghost has been badly damaged. Uh, so that's that's bad news for her. But we know that also that Sai never wavered. She, she she was a blade dancer. She's bent on just killing everything that gets in front of her. <laughs> uh, and I think Ariana respected that. From yeah. her.
2: And we and so and then then the other group was Eris, Omar, and Toland. Yes. Okay. And so, and we know, and this is where it kind of gets weird again. We know that Ariana and Psy were together. <clears throat> they heard kind of Omnigal's screams from deeper within the moon, and they choose to kind of to follow her and to keep going despite you know Psy's uh, ghost being damaged. Mm. And so, and what we learn, and it's the timing is all hard to tell, but we know that Omnigal basically kills Psy they They keep or something, or the acolytes do, because they continue to follow omnigal, and we the last um description of Psy that we have is that she was tearing the bones from dead acolytes and using them as weapons as she fell, and so she had a very heroic death, but she died, and we presume at that point then leaving Ariana alone.
1: So.
0: So, yeah. so so, do we think maybe Psy kind of of sacrificed um, for for Ariana to some degree? Have you ever known a blade dancer to sacrifice himself? Yeah, <laughs> you. you play, I feel like I do it all the time you play with better people than I do. <laughs> I feel like, just I feel like I'm for always the crucible.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I feel like the whole the whole other fire team's chasing me around and. and so I definitely feel I definitely feel like the uh, the fatted cat. Because you're the most <laughs> dangerous, <laughs> right? I, I don't think so. But, um, all right.
1: <laughs> okay, so now we have Ariana isolated. We got uh, Toland, Eris, and Omar together. Uh, got it. And this is probably where Eris learns the most from Toland. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure at this point we know that Eris is a relatively newer guardian. Whether she was on the moon or not. Is probably up for debate, but she says that she was young. She was a newer guardian. So I can't imagine her resisting Toland all that much. She probably must have looked up to him a little bit. Like he's this incredibly powerful warlock. He knows a ton about what they're doing. He, he seems super confident about being down there. You know, my guess is that they, Eris and Omar probably just followed Toland around like puppies and did whatever he wanted them to do. So, and then he's explaining. I'm sure at the same time, Toland is down there explaining these horrors about the, like them always being watched by the eyes of Crota, or how mm-hmm. the, the hive want nothing but to drain their light from them, and like, like all this crazy stuff. Like worst tour guide ever. Yeah, it's like <laughs>
4: they get down there and they're lost and you know confused. Fire team members are gone missing and dying, and he's sitting there like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they let her, let us down here intentionally. To, Drain our light, and it's like, oh, thanks for uh, you know, having confidence and <laughs> yeah. encouraging us to go farther. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think and, at one and, point, Omar just says, you know, he's mad. <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. As, as they learn more and more about Toland and how much he knew, I think it's uh Eris. I I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, you you hide these secrets from us, you know, like weapons to damn us all. Like mm-hmm. she starts, she starts, you know, getting a clue that you know, Toland might not have had the best intentions for
0: guiding them to the moon. Yeah. So as, so as they're being led down there at some point though, um, Eris, Omar and, and, and Toland, um, they kind of get, get separated themselves. Right. So this... yeah, and
2: this is where like, so this is why I believe they made it to the stills or the abyss somehow because they just keep getting separated. And I mean, I know the moon's, but we've been through those tunnels they're pretty straightforward but (laughs) but but you know when when you run the raid the number one place in the entire raid where everyone gets turned around and separated and finds themselves back at the beginning at least i have many times it's you know it's in those stills and in the abyss kind of right which which we know correct me if i'm wrong drop but the stills are still within our realm our dimension and it's once you cross that bridge and kind of go into the white light that then you enter Crota's throne world. Yes. And yes. so, you know, we we don't know, but maybe there is a way, you know, in all those tunnels on the moon to get down to the stills. And there's a bunch of doors down there, you know. Yeah, most that's tr- that's most true. True. of them lead to treasure chests, but so <laughs> I, I so There's a dead know, ghost down there too. There yes. is more than one. And yeah, and, yeah. and that's my thing where There are we find dead ghosts down there, and so I'm led to believe that I, I think they make it down there, and so these descriptions, how this team just keeps getting separated, it might have something to do with that. Where just as they get, they get deeper and deeper and darker and darker, they just start getting separated from each other in the darkness.
0: True. So they're so they're separated now, and um, and at some point though, um, Eris hears something, right?
1: Yeah, so at this point, they're separated. I think they're completely separated, all three of them. Eris is sort of, you know, doing the hunter thing, probably hiding and trying to stay as invisible as possible. Uh, and she believes Omar to be dead uh, until she hears Omar screaming.
4: <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Never good. That's <laughs> not good. <laughs> this is,
1: imagine your favorite horror movie trope. It's exactly what's about to happen. So, yeah, and then we, we learn through the grimoire here that, that Omar slowly had his light peeled off of him and fed to new hive spawn by the heart of Crota.
0: Gross. <laughs> or, or awesome. You, I, yeah, either, I guess it can go either way. I just, when you said horror movie, I, when you hear the word peeling off, it, yep. you, know, you know, I can only picture just skin and pain. And, and so obviously that's probably why it was screaming, but man. See, I, that's and a, I, a, I imagine a rough a way like to go to
2: mentors, you know, from Harry Potter.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> oh.
0: Just the, kind of, kind of pull. Yeah, the they're drawing, just kind of like sucking out. the light out. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another way. And let's
1: let's make sure we acknowledge this reference here. This form of torture is very similar to what Irana three did to the wizard they captured oh, on yeah, the moon, yeah. where yeah. she she used her light to torture that wizard, uh, and now we have the reverse happening to poor Omar.
0: Payback. Uh, so <laughs> well, I'm not gonna say it, but you know what it is. Yeah. So. It's an omnigo. There you go.
4: I found it interesting too in that in that Grimoire text where, Eris is recording what she's seeing. Even she's saying, you know, you know, she says like she was peeling the light from his body. How I I can't even can't imagine, and I've tried. Like so, she doesn't even know what's happening. Like how this is possible, really? Even you know, she just. She has this image in front of her, and it's just, you know, and she was there with Ariana. We were assuming when they're, you know, torturing that wizard. And so, you know, you'd think she'd have some idea with like the the light and the dark and things like that. But this apparently is something completely new that she's never witnessed before.
0: So, so what I mean, so what happens though? I mean, when that, when their light's completely stripped, I guess, do they, they, do they die for the, for like, forever obviously i mean uh but i mean i mean but do they do they die for the last time what happens to the to to everything or to is that light just consumed and and then gone or do we have any theories on that this is
1: a good question because it doesn't happen to us for uh but we do know that there's a body left because we know that there's that body outside the the temple of crota who had his Mm -hmm, light mm -hmm. completely drained uh so there's there's a body left uh for a long time, I wondered if that body was Vel Tarlo because he's wearing a shader that only Eris sells. Hmm. Uh, but the, oh. time, the time doesn't the timeline doesn't match up there at all, so there's no way it's him. Right. Uh, but yeah, so do, I don't know. Do we leave? Do we leave in it just like an empty shell of the person we once were? Do we?
2: And this do we, is. Do and we I've, do like
1: a, a Jedi thing and fade off into light?
2: Right. I, and I've thought about this a lot because there's. There's So there's a bunch of kind of hints at this. Um, we have from the Cade Stash mission, you can scan the pod, and it talks about, you know, the ghost found a, gar- a, a guy who was very full of light but chose not to, you know, come back. And then, so there's this hint there that, okay, maybe we chose to come back. If you look at the Seraph armor set, just, you know, look it up in the database, there's, of those four pieces, there's some discussion from these two unknown people of, you know what were they doing before they became guardians, and so they they almost kind of call it like you know this life between the old one and the new one, so they everyone died originally, and then something happened, and then we chose to come back and become guardians and it makes me wonder if and this you know there's no lore basis for this, but you know I wonder if when the guardians light is stripped away, like Omar's was, you know maybe they fade into nothingness, like maybe they don't even exist anymore. And it's kind of this that it would explain why some people chose not to come back as guardians because maybe it's this decision of I could stay in you know whatever state I am now and I'll live, or I could choose to come back as a guardian, but if I do and I die, I might never come back and I could
0: just cease to exist and that's you
2: know just something I've thought of but it's an now, it's but an interesting also, question but i think
0: I think in some other kind of of stories um we we know that uh a guardian can give up its light or or not or, or be stripped of its light and not die right aren't there some care aren't there some examples of that with a with a few characters that that are in uh in the grimoire well we have eris herself who currently ha- well, currently has no ghost and yeah. uh and yeah i think there's i think we have another uh big player that we'll talk about later down the road that's again one of my favorites. I think the the Dredgen Yor um also uh is doesn't have a ghost, right, at some point or and and yeah. I think there's some talk of him not of of not having his light or or being stripped of his light.
1: So well let's get back to what's left of our fire team here. We We got Eris crawling around in the darkness. We have Toland, who I imagine has his picnic basket and his sun <laughs> hat, and he's skipping off through <laughs> that ascendant portal to
0: go find... And Omar with bamboo under his fingernails yeah. or whatever they're doing to strip the light. And then we
1: still have Ariana 3 uh, out there somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. And here is where we don't have the exact story, but somehow, in some way, uh, it seems like Ariana reconnects with Toland. Uh, leaving Eris Mm -hmm. by herself. So Eris is now just, you know, she's probably hiding in one of those treasure chests. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And now we have Toland, uh, who is, man, I'm sure he is thrilled about the situation. And then we have Ariana, who is probably irate about the situation. Mm -hmm. But we also know from Ariana (laughs) that at this point, she's starting to realize that she is very, very sorry about, like, this was a bad idea from start to finish. Right, and what's
2: so what's interesting mm-hmm. is we know that Ariana in kind of, you know, her last, um, you know, last decisions was to record a message to her ghost, you know, kind of asking forgiveness for the whole venture and just lamenting their fate. And what's interesting is then later, so we have Toland and Ariana together, but this has always struck me as interesting, and it's the way that... Toland kind of refers to Ariana, and we know she's a machine, and so Toland says, "Ariana, let's sing, sing with me." No, no, you rattling machine, not yet. It's too soon. We don't know the words, and it's it's weird to me that you know Toland refers to Ariana as just a rattling machine, because it it seems like you know her consciousness or you know something has happened where this isn't necessarily the Ariana that came in with them. This is you know either her base protocols are all that's <clears> left or a lot of her lights been stripped, but it just, it feels different mm. than the Ariana we've known up to now.
0: Well Could, could the, could, I'm sorry, could the rattling, I mean, if he says rattling machine, you know, when I, when I hear that, um, you know, I picture her, maybe, maybe she's afraid, maybe she's kind of shaken from the whole thing. And, and that's maybe a, a reference to her being, being, uh, being scared for, for herself. And, and, does that, does that make sense at all, you know, well, as far as...
1: we also have references of her going out in a spectacular blaze of glory. Uh, and it seems like, from some of the Grimoire entries, it seems like the picture painted here is that she just turned on radiance uh, and just threw herself at the hive in this sort of, like, flaming, fire-wing blaze of glory. Uh, but there's a chance that maybe she, like, she didn't survive that, and it seems like Toland witnessed that so maybe Toland now has whatever's left of her after that. Uh, and this is where it starts to get really dark uh, when, as it comes to Toland. And we'll talk about Toland more in depth in a different episode, but this is where things are like, wow, Toland is a bad dude. And he, he had a plan from the very beginning, and he's watching it all come to fruition.
0: Are we going to talk about that plan, or is that going to be something we hold back on yeah. a little bit?
2: <laughs> yeah, right now well, we, can, we can at least talk about what happened in the context of the fire mm-hmm. team. Okay, yeah. yeah, so what happened then?
0: So, so
2: we have him you know, talking to Ariana, and this is where I get the sense that at least Toland and Ariana made it to the throne world, because Toland mm-hmm. describes, they're, they're approaching the Death Singer, and he's, he tells Ariana, he's like, you know, we'll, see, we'll learn about the song down there. And so I always picture him kind of standing at that hole, you know, right above, um, you know, that last treasure chest. Then you jump down after the thrall. Yeah. So I I always kind of picture him standing there with Ariana saying, you know, down there is where we're going to learn the song. And so he, and this is, yeah, where it gets dark, is that he takes Ariana and in, I'm going to find the exact grimoire so anyone listening can look this up because the whole exchange is good. Yeah. But, I would read Ear Ute, the Death Singer, and then I would read Ghost Fragment, the Hellmelf, because in there it really talks about, he, he basically has a conversation with the Death Singer, as he puts it. Uh-huh. And decide, he said, I described myself a friend, and she described death for me. And they're kind of like, you know, it's almost like he's talking like they're old friends, and I always immediately say, like, well, why didn't the Death Singer just kill him? And what I think, and we also have no reference of Ariana after this point. Like, yeah, she never comes up again, and so I'm under the impression that he possibly sacrificed Ariana because we know the Hive love pain, they love sacrifice. So it, I'm under the impression that he gave up the last of her life and sacrificed her as kind of a a proof to the Death Singer that he wanted to learn and be her friend.
1: Yeah. So this is. This is like the I think the darkest point we have for Toland where he's very much like, Hey, you, you remember like a half an hour ago? That being of purely luminescent flaming light that killed a whole bunch of hive? Here she is. She's yours. I'm giving her to you as a <laughs> present.
0: Wow. That is uh, a good yeah there. That's cold. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so whether whether Toland saw this as a like an opportunity or this was his plan from the beginning, we don't really know. But either way, man, that is a it's a dark move.
4: Yeah, yeah, I kind of yeah. picture it as like, you know, he was already kind of, you know, borderline madman. And then just, but like, the farther he gets into the hive, it's just like, the more it, like, infects him, the more it just drives kind of his, yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. And so like, by the point in time, he's like, on the verge of learning the song, he is, comp- almost, like, completely consumed with this... It's like he has to learn this song by whatever means necessary. Even if that means, you know, his companion at that time, or his, at least the fire team member, you know.
1: And this is super interesting too, because I'm sure at this point, uh, and this is something we'll talk about again in the future, but we know that the death singers, they use a hive technique where they hide their death somewhere because they die when they hear their own song as well. So they hide their death somewhere. So they're not killed by their own song. So there's a possibility that Toland has also, has now learned this from Iryute, uh, but we also know he was a sun singer and could have just self revived after he heard it. So who knows? <laughs>
4: right. <laughs> yeah, like there's one part where I think he says, you know, when she defines or she sings a song to him, and he says like the definition killed me, the killing redefined me. Yeah. So it's like he's learning, basically how to, you know, like as you're saying, like how to basically hide himself. From the like the actual killing, so, actual death. So, and this is great This is cool.
1: where Toland goes from you know, like Toland the Shattered to like Toland the Ascendant. He is now, he is now, he can move through the the overworlds and the throne worlds of of the Hive. He he can pass through mm-hmm. the portals like an ascendant being. He is, he has become something completely different.
0: And we'll yep. talk about him <laughs> a lot more in the future. <laughs> <Yes>. I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Destiny all right. five. So, so Toland, Toland just uh, just did his thing, learned his song, sacrificed his friend. Um, <laughs> so, so, and, and we still have Eris kind of in the wind, right? Just kind of hiding and and yeah. Uh, so now we have and so
1: Eris hiding out with Toland's journal. Uh, she mentions that the journal kept her company during her time in the darkness.
0: How long was she? I mean, so how long was she in the darkness? I know it was a long time, but do we have anything um, as far as, as timeline or, or any more exact?
1: That's a tough question. We don't necessarily know so much. Uh, Eris, if you st- previously when Eris was in the tower, you could stand around her and listen to things that she said, and she would mention she would ask herself how long she was down there. Uh, so she may not necessarily know herself, and who knows how time passes when hive, you know, throne realms, like, if she even made it that far. Sure. So yeah, exactly.
4: How far did she make it? It seems
1: like not even she knows. Uh, but while she's down there, she goes through some pretty startling transformations.
0: Mm-hmm. So she doesn't, and she doesn't have a ghost, right? Or, or does she? Does she still... Her, her ghost was lost.
2: I Either destroyed okay. or lost, but is definitely mm-hmm. no longer with her.
1: Got it. So, and this is where we come to probably the most defining aspect of Eris as we know her now. Uh, and in order to survive, she does some, some pretty gnarly self-surgery.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. We, Got she, those eyes. She, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, so her eyes, there you go. So is, is there anything that describes what she does to herself? I mean, kind of in all the gory details, so to speak?
1: Uh, there isn't. Uh, she mentions that sort of in order to survive down there, in order to see in the darkness, in order to, to like skulk among them, uh, she needed some kind of advantage. And in order to do that, she carved the eyes from an acolyte and implanted them, we don't know how, uh, into herself. Uh, which is kind of grisly when you think about it. But <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always imagine it as like, you know, her just, you know, doing it herself, you know, because even her character now, you can see the kind of like the blood still trickling down her face. Like it's, whether that's like stained blood or fresh blood, still like, In this, not like it wasn't an actual procedure done. It was just her (laughs) forcing these. High eye, using, and using some yeah. type of bandana to hold them in the <laughs> exactly. place, exactly, so keep them from falling out.
0: Exactly. It sounds like a Denny
3: Boyle movie. <laughs> yeah, 127 hours. That's how long she was down there. Right, right. <laughs> So, so
0: Eris got herself some new eyes. Did we? Did she, do we know if she did? I mean, was there anything else she she did to uh, to help her survive? during her her years down there. Well, she well had, she's a hunter. She's got her invisibility, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> we know she had Tolan's journal that she I'm sure she learned all kinds of weird tricks from that.
4: Right. That would, could explain right. some of her uh, her darkness now, her like awkwardness and weirdness. And... Right.
2: We know that in the the Taken King missions, you know, there's the one where she kind of chants the dark incantation to get us out. So I'm sure you know little things like that, these incantations and you know, lessons from the darkness that she learned that helped
0: her. Yeah. So she spends all this time there, and uh, and then she makes it back to the tower.
1: Yeah. Well, right? so what happens, I mean, in the interim, we come along, uh, and we, we head to the moon. We're, we're tracking a guardian who had discovered an old moon base. So we, we land in the archer's line. We track this Guardian, we follow him to the entrance of the Temple of Crota, and we, we sort of find his body there, we get a, a brief appearance by the Exo Stranger. Uh, and then yeah, we, we launch probably the second second or third greatest Dinklebot line in the game. Uh, <laughs> right.
2: Which is, we we'll woke in the, the hive. hive.
1: The seals are broken, the doors are open, and the Hive sort of rush us. but in that moment where we're unlocking the temple of crota and that's what lets eris get out of there
2: right because yeah she was it wasn't that she was lost and trapped it's that she was sealed in and trapped yes so she couldn't get out even
1: if she wanted to yeah exactly
3: so this is where we get to where has her ship been the whole time yeah well this is one of my <laughs> this is one of my
1: other inconsistencies here whereas okay so she's been down there who knows how long Where did she park her ship? One. Uh, Two, why couldn't we track it if it was parked down there? Uh, uh, (laughs) It it seems like... And again, there's the question here of, okay, well, they went to the moon sort of against the will of the Vanguard because the Vanguard had banned the moon. Right. So they may not have even known that she was there. uh, And they may not
0: have... Or they knew and just didn't want to go help. Yeah, or maybe they were looking
1: at the moon and and we're like oh some idiot went up there well that's their own problem now
0: yeah <laughs> so now in in all fairness though her ship is is covered in, i mean it's the ship it's one of the ships that you get essentially from from defeating crota yeah. in the in the game um so it's covered in that that bone and and everything so is it maybe i mean it, I guess there probably wouldn't have been enough stuff there. I'm kind of, I'm trying to think. You know, is there a way that she could have acquired a ship <laughs> while she's there? You know, is it some? Is it a ship that maybe she fashioned from other things that were left over from from the previous, you know, settlements well, and, and things like that? We know she didn't beat Crota to get it. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I guess.
4: Get, <laughs> fair, fair you enough. You got thousands of dead uh, guardians but... from them. A...
0: <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean, so so you know, their their ships. Maybe they, they were...
1: Oh, that's a good point. Uh,
0: I, I did, did I say something well, smart? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, not at all. <laughs> not. The,
1: the quote about there, there used to be thousands of guardians there. So the Battle of Mare Ibrium, thousands of guardians must have flown their ships. And we know that from some of the descriptions on the weapons you get at the end of the raid, that they're modified guardian weapons sort of tinkered with by the Hive. So maybe the ship that she's flying is one of the original Mare Ibrium Guardians ships that the Hive have been messing around with.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. See? <laughs>
1: see? <laughs> Damn it. That was, that was one of my best sort of d- d- holes in the story.
0: Debunked. Boom. <laughs> Boom. X-ray strikes again. Okay. Um. Okay. So the, then answer
1: me this. Why does she tie it up like a horse in the tower?
0: <laughs> hey, that was my question. Dang it. <laughs> Because she's because she's heiress more and she can do that stuff. Yeah, I think that she's just that's... you
4: know, she's a little bit you know, lost a few brain cells probably down in the in the pits <laughs> and probably isn't completely there. And maybe she thinks it's a horse. Who knows? We don't... She's
0: you know what she's the, she's the she's the cowboy. You know, she's exactly. the one that, that uh, went against Crota and under under terrible terrible odds and and chances and. Well, and then so maybe that's, uh, and then she
1: was trapped down there with essentially just an iPod full of Toland.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> that'll make anyone crazy. You know, he's terrible at parties <laughs> anyway. So, you
4: know, with her ship being going back to her ship, you know, I, the way I always looked at it was, I think she want at, for, she wanted to be back in the tower as much as the speaker probably wanted her in the tower, and so like maybe for her it was she wanted that quick getaway. You know, whether tying it was. Is realistic or practical or whatnot. But, like, I always imagined her being stationed up in that front of the corner basically. So if she wanted to leave at a moment's notice she could, basically. then at the same time the speaker probably didn't want her out in the too far in the open and so kinda of just shoved her in that corner. Yeah. <laughs> she forgets to take already. her meds and needs to get out
0: quick.
3: So her ship was always running, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise it would have crashed.
4: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. What does she use to power that thing?
4: (laughs) Hive magic. It's got the hive, the hive power. The blood of her enemies. (laughs) All right.
2: right. I'm going to bring us back on track. All right. Yeah. Please, (laughs) please do. So in yeah, so we go to the moon. We let Eris out, and Eris comes to the tower, and basically now she's in revenge mode. You know, if if it was Ariana who was kind of driving, the team before, now Eris is in full on revenge mode. Um. And and a little bit fearful mode. Because she basically comes to the tower to warn us that Crota is coming back. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. from her sources within the moon or, you know, from the hive directly, we don't know how she learned it, but she learns that Crota is going to come back and she's terrified. And so she comes to tell us all about it. And And that's where, you know, the Dark Below, a lot of the Dark Below is us hunting down all these monsters that they you know, encountered on the moon. And it's interesting, you know, all those monsters and ascendant hive that were on the moon are now on Earth.
1: Yeah, we, we encounter all of them mm-hmm. uh, here on Earth.
2: So, yeah, so in, while well, we were so look, we looking looking the other way,
1: picture. you know,
2: I don't know what we were doing, but we were looking the other <laughs> way and all these, you know, very powerful hive kind of set up camp right in front of us.
4: Yeah. So.
1: And yeah, Eris, I mean, she's she seems a little broken at this point. And we also know right. that this process of implanting these eyes in her has given her some kind of sort of like quasi-psychic connection to the hive. She goes on and on about like whispers in the back of her mind uh, <laughs> or, or hearing voices or knowing these things. So she's she's connected right. to them in a way that we don't necessarily have a lot of information on, but it allows oh. her to sort of...
4: Uh,
0: com- well, in the true sense of a of a hive mind, so to speak, you know, they all kind of... You know, they think of bees and, and, and different real life True. <laughs> and insects and animals. You know, they, they have that way of communicating without talking or, or, you know, through different ways. And there must be something there that uh, when she did that, I, I think at least that that makes her kind of kind of part of that that group now. And, and she's kind of getting just intermittent kind of, of hazy mm-hmm. communications that they're that they're sharing
3: or pheromones. Or <laughs>
1: yeah yeah there
0: you go you know <laughs> that's why she's so hot
1: <laughs> Or uh, spit spin metal hats uh she's being controlled by the hive, and everything that she tells us is because the hive want us to know or or Oryx wants us to know
0: well, there you go that, I mean that's yeah. that's definitely possible too, you know, she could be t- t- the proverbial puppet yeah um and having her strings pulled by the hive mm-hmm. and. Then, Trying to <laughs> trying to trick us. I mean, it, it makes it makes it makes sense. So, and with some of some of the things that I don't know if we're going to talk about today or not, but that we see in in uh, in the Taken King, you know, there's there's some things going on with with Eris that that we don't know much about, and it it definitely leaves leaves the story kind of wide open to some degree. Yeah. So so who knows?
1: So, but what we also know is that Eris upon returning is invited to join Ikora Ray's Hidden, which is a special group or a team that Ikora Ray has of like spies and secret gatherers. So Eris has access to some pretty high level information inside the Order of Warlocks.
0: hmm Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Now now that that order isn't it isn't the that for warlocks? I mean so so why did Eris get invited? And here's another thing that we didn't talk about. You know, the, the big question that was on everyone's mind for a long time, what Eris was, was she, <clears throat> you know, a hunter or a warlock? Um, and so obviously she's, we've talked about it in this episode that she's a hunter, but, um, but why would she get this invitation? Just because she's kind of, of in with the in crowd now or, or, or what? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I think as the only surviving, quote-unquote, surviving member of this thing, uh, I think probably cora mm-hmm. Ray probably recognized, you know, we need to make an exception here. She has an yeah. unbelievable amount of information, and we can't just let right. her running around <laughs> yelling it at anybody, you know, in earshot. <laughs> like, it's better to have her on the inside and direct that information towards us than just to have her running around screaming about it.
0: Now do we know if she still has uh, has Tolan's journal uh, at this point?
1: Uh, uh, it seems like it uh, because she must her were...
0: or, or Ikora at least has it. Yeah, because that <laughs> seems like it'd be another big useful piece of information. Which obviously we well, know that it is later, but well,
2: we do know that in I don't remember the mission, but there's the mission in, where we're getting the little. We're going to the awakening room in the Taken King yeah, and, so they, this and, is and, the, and the ghost says he's reading tolan's journal so right, it's, right, it's at least right. been digitized somehow by somebody so I'm assuming she probably so, turned it over to the Vanguard or something yeah.
0: Then why does he need to make a copy of it? <laughs> I, <But> this is... <laughs> I remember he says that and every time I hear him say that it's like why does this ghost need to make a copy of <laughs> I love uh, I love the I love. line where Eris says
1: cling fast to Tolan's journal and then Kate immediately jumps in with cling fast to your gun <laughs> yeah, yes, I love that too. It's it a good, a good strong line.
2: And <laughs> so, one, yeah, one thing I want to talk Go about ahead. is that. So we we know that when Eris came back, it kind of it built up to us leading our own raid against Crota, um, and we defeat him. And I kind of want to talk about you know the throne world because this came up with Oryx and the Taken King. This whole idea of ascendant realms and regular realms, and it's something that you know we experienced with Crota, and so. And we talked about it with the Death Singer, you know, hiding their death somewhere. So, can we talk a little bit about, you know, what what these throne worlds are where we finally defeated Crota?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, well, in this particular instance, uh, it seems like there's it's two parts here. One is preventing the hive from basically summoning Crota's soul to Earth, which would allow him to manifest sort of in. On our plane of existence like you did on the moon and just wreak total havoc. So we stop that in the Mission Awakening. Uh, the next step is to pursue Crota to his throne world and defeat him there. And then we know that Ascendant Hive are capable of like through the, their sheer will of, uh, and power uh, creating these throne worlds where they're basically immortal unless they're killed inside that throne world. Uh, we discussed this a little bit, I believe, in episode one, uh, where in order to really kill uh, Ascendant Hive, you've got to take the fight to them, and you've got to fight them on their their home turf. And we know
0: I think it was uh, it, we uh, we did talk about this in episode two it was that uh, that user que- or that that uh, oh, yeah, yeah. listener question from from Caucasian Saint, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. Then that's sort of ta- taking the fight to Crota shutting him down there. And it even seems there he was not at full power. Uh, It seems like, you know, maybe he had not been fully assembled or was not at maximum strength when we faced him down. Right.
3: He also didn't have his
2: sword.
1: No, that's true. Yeah,
2: that's something we should point out, the whole idea of the the swords. And uh, I guess it's something... Actually, it's something we can cover... When we talk about Toland in more depth, but the sword logic and kind of the importance of the sword to these hive and things, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I, we'll make a note now. But yeah, when we talk about Toland in more depth, we should cover that.
1: So, Absolutely. Yeah, and that that sort of leads us where we are now uh, with the Taken King, where Eris is now a major player. Uh, you know, she's not just somebody who sells emblems and shaders. Uh, huh. She has her own little her little cauldron and her her little books, and she's hanging out. <laughs> just across from the vanguard but and she's featured prominently in a lot of the taken king uh cutscenes. So she, she's a she's become a major player she is our you know our doorway into all things hive and now taken uh, because of her connection with them
0: see I, I still and and again this might just be me speculating quite a bit uh but i still like how even though you know it feels like She's been accepted more into the tower. she's not out there right on the edge by her ship, ready to take off if she gets kind of freaked out or, or uh-huh. needs to get away um you know now she's she's in in the tower more, but she's still she's still she's under the stairs she's still in that dark place. Okay that I kind of picture in when she's, when she's on the moon and still not out there because at the, at the table with the Vanguard, you know, it's pretty bright. It, it's there's, you know, you can see outside, I think, aren't there some kind of windows in there? So yeah. you can look right um, out over
1: the uh, mountains out the back.
4: Suicide right. watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can see, I mean, it's really bright and, but, but she's still in the dark. She's still, she's part of the everything, but she's, she's where I, I feel her or kind of, of, of think that she's most comfortable. So mm-hmm. that's that's again might be just me, but it, it just it makes sense where she's at yeah. to me. So and
1: she still got, there's still plenty of mysteries there. There's still a lot of of things oh, yeah. we don't know about Eris that I'm looking forward to seeing as the story becomes more revealed. Just sort of what her motivations are. We may learn more about what exactly happened to her down there, and, mm-hmm. and maybe who's pulling her strings.
4: You know what relationship she has with the queen. You know, mm-hmm. We kind of have some theories about that, but that's obviously something that would we'll need more time to go into and yeah so there's definitely yeah, some stuff like, going on
0: there there is and and you know i feel like like uh you know we we uh we have covered so much uh about the moon and about what's going on with the with these fire teams and the thousands of guardians that were were slain before um but i still think there's i still think there's more to the moon and we'll definitely need to need to come back and and take some more time and talk about some more of these and these theories and and Mm -hmm. uh see if see if drop can convince beta to change his mind (laughs) but uh but i think that's a again a good a good place for us to stop and uh we can we can definitely uh pick it up uh pick it up again next week i don't know do we do we have have we decided on a topic for for the next show yet for the next major episode um i don't remember
1: Uh, hey we i mean we could jump right into toland he's gonna be Uh, he's gonna be fresh yeah. You know what? That's that's
0: a great idea. Uh so let's do that. So so next week, um, look for us to uh go a little more in depth on Toland and and his obsessions and, and uh what he's what uh what he's up to these days he likes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what he's what he's doing now, yeah. you know, who he's hanging out with and more
1: inc- I, as, more inconsistencies in the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh great. That's
1: my favorite. Yeah. And, um and I'll say right. this about Toland real
4: quick. You know, as, as yeah. dark as he is, as you know, he's evil as you kind of see him being, like when you read like a lot of the things he says like you can't help but like almost love him like you're just like this is the character that he is You're just like oh I love this guy like like it's you know it's, it's one of my favorite characters in the, in the game for sure
0: well and and so something you know I'm not a real a big fan of in, in the the kind of setting that we're doing right now is is doing too many quotes but it might be worth worth uh worth quoting him a little more in the next episode oh. so we can get a feel for that. Like, like everyone else has. So, all right. Well, thank you so much everyone for, for tuning in. Um, again, uh, I do this every week. I like to point everyone in the direction of the destiny timeline, which, um, I still think, uh, has a lot of, of great information and kind of gives you a, a good perspective on, on, uh, the world of destiny and the lore. Um, I, I think that, uh, We'll need to help drop get some updates going in mean, a little bit with, uh, with the, with all the new information with the Taken King, <laughs> but him, but but Drop Slash and Scooby DZ have done a great job on that, and I still I still go to it every once in a while just to to remind myself. Well, what's going hopefully on. hopefully by in the world. time this
1: podcast airs, uh, we'll have some updates with some information coming out of the Iron Banner and
0: Trials of Osiris, which are returning. Oh, great! That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm really excited so, about that. Uh, so if uh, if you have any questions or comments or feedback, um, please get that to us as, as best you can. Um, you can either reach us through our uh, Twitter channel. We are at dghoststories on Twitter, and uh, our email is destinyghoststories at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on iTunes and on Podbean. And if you can, like I said before earlier in the show, leave us some feedback. We'd love to love to know what you think about us, good or bad. Um, don't don't uh, don't hold back. Um, we uh, we want to know what we're doing right and doing wrong. So let us know. Um, and like I said, any any uh, any feedback you can leave us on iTunes helps us to uh, to get our podcast seen by more people. So that uh, that'd be great if you could do that. Um, that's it. Thanks again, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Yep, go, Have a good night.